Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Man show. Joe, my sister, Arkansas Barrios head coach, Anthony Boone here on the Boss Man Show. Coach Boone, how things going on with you guys in Arkansas, man? All things are good. Things are good. You know, it's been uh, it's been crazy here, just like it has been everywhere with uh, with everything that's going on with the uh, with the virus outbreak. But we're making do as best we can, and uh, you know, things are going well. Yeah, coach, let's go a little bit deeper in that. How, how, how has it been for us having to have Zoom meetings and FaceTime calls and not be able to touch your players and get your hands on them and kind of see them and face-to-face? So how has that been the last three three months, ahead on four months of having to kind of just be remote and do things via Zoom and FaceTime? It, it has been very different. Um, it's uh, a little bit frustrating, especially at first, since I just recently got the job. Uh, back in the spring and, and the first thing that happens is everybody has to go home because of the virus and uh, not getting to do some things with the guys to establish how we want the program to go has been a little frustrating but at the same time uh, college is a time for uh, for our for our young men to start stepping up and taking more responsibility and and uh, learning to grow and mature and and uh, this is this is what we've been preaching to them uh, since since they've had to go home because of the because of the pandemic, and uh, they've handled it well so far. They they've done well in the classroom. Our strength coach has done a good job with providing things they can do um, when they don't have access to weight rooms and, and things. And we, you know, they've asked for us for guidance on what they can do with basketball when they don't when they have limited resources. And they've done a good job of handling all that. Um, and you know, it's it's frustrating having to only with them and not see them in person and not get to do workouts with them but um we make the most of it and our, our guys are handling it well and coach what did it mean to you for the administration of the, of the school to remove the interim tag off your title and make you the full-time head coach no that's always a rough thing when you're the interim guy trying to trying to prove yourself and then they finally they said hey coach Boone, you're the dry guy going forward so how did that make you feel when the administration said hey you're the man we want to lead this program going forward uh, well, first off, I was I was very relieved. Uh, it was uh, it was it was a difficult situation to be in, and uh, talking to other coaches who've been in that situation, they they've all said that it's uh, extremely difficult. Uh, but I've, I've got I've got a great group of guys, and uh, my uh, 
my AD, Dr. Teague, was was incredible, and, and all of his staff they were they were incredible in providing support during that time during the uh, the interim uh, part of the season. Um, and I was excited. Our our uh, our, uh, our our staff, uh, my coaching staff, has a great vision. Dr. Teague and his staff has great vision for how college athletics is supposed to go. And uh, we were just trying to do what we could to, to keep going the season, keep being um, keep being competitive, but also to, to steer our guys in the right way in, in every facet of, of the program. And, and that's what that's what Dr. Teague and his staff was looking for. They you know they, they want us to be competitive, but but even more than that, they want us to to have good kids and to uh, push them getting their educations uh, and also uh, for them to learn to, to grow more and more into uh, incredible young men and. Uh, that, that's our philosophy for the program. And uh, I was excited that Dr. Teague promoted me uh, because that's, that's what he's looking for in, in all of his athletic programs here at UCA. Most definitely. And I feel, I feel like this coaches, you had a great career as assistant as well. So you got the experience last year being an interim head coach. So talk to me about, I know for me, when I was a, a co-host of a radio show, I was always preparing in my mind how I would do if I was actually host of the show. So how did you over the years prepare yourself to become a head coach and kind of like figuring out things like ATOs or looking at different things like that to kind of how I do, do this versus how to, my boss is doing it. So how did you kind of prepare yourself over the years to become a head coach now? Well, uh, that was just it. Just uh, looking at certain situations, maybe going back um, in film and, and looking at, at things we may have been able to do a little different, uh, trying some things in practice. I've, I've been fortunate that I've worked with uh, with coaches that have allowed me to do some things to get some experience with that. Uh, Russ Pennell was the coach here before, and I, I worked with him for 10 years. And, and throughout the years, he allowed me some opportunities, even in game situations, to say, hey, let's do this or, or to draw up things for the guys. And, uh, before before working with uh, with Russ, I worked with Tavester Anderson at Jackson State, and, and he gave me a lot of opportunities to do that. So I've been very fortunate to work with guys who've been great at wanting to um, help help younger coaches to get prepared to be head coaches. Uh, and that, that's just it, just being intentional about – wanting to make plans for what I do as a head coach uh, has been the has been the key. I know you kind of mentioned our first question about how the, the virus kind of stopped you, how, how you would want to build your program and your, and your culture. So I know it's kind of stymied me that because you had have the guys right there in front of you. But what, what, what would you call in the ideal UCA bear? Because I know you want to build a culture and a program that's long-lasting with a solid foundation. So what would you say was a, a ideal for you, UCA bear, and what does that entail? Well, uh, just like every basketball coach, we want someone who's a, who's a good basketball player. You know, that's the, the first thing we look for. Um, after that, we just we look for for character. We look for how they interact with their with their teammates, with their coaches. Uh, if they have some leadership qualities, um, you know, we, we need someone at our school that has a, a pretty good academic background. Our, our school is a really good school. We've got some really great academic programs here um our, our college of education is great our business school our our pt school and then and, and uh we just started up an engineering program that's really good too so that that's a part of it uh, the, the biggest thing i would say besides having talent and, and uh, having great character is just being willing to work and, and be tough uh and you know, we, we have a, a wide variety of guys as far as their personalities go but they all are 
are all in for what we want to do to make our program successful. And it's in every facet. It's, it's not just basketball. If, if a guy is only interested in basketball, not anything else, he's probably not going to fit in very well with our program. Um, so they've got to be willing to be a complete person. Most definitely. And coach, what was going on in the world today? Um, how have you addressed that with your team? Cause I know this is like a, a, a principal moment in our, in our time where, you know, things that you and I deal with every day are kind of being put on the forefront, right? And it's in the yeah. mainstream media now. So how have you addressed that with your team and how are they going to go for kind of get those young men to understand, you know, really how things are and how we can be effective change, how we can help make a change going forward from 2020 and beyond? Well, with, uh, with everything that's going on in our, our country and, and actually, I guess, around the world, too, we've addressed that with our guys. We've talked to them. The, the first thing I did was I, I told our, our guys, I said, you know, if, if there are things that are going on on our campus, which we have a, we have a great you – know, Conway, Arkansas is a great town. Uh, UCA has a great campus, and there are a lot of really, really good people here. Um, but I said, There's, there are things going on that, that you think aren't right. Please don't don't have any fear in, a, in approaching me and, and, and saying, Hey coach, this is going on. I think, I think this is happening because people, people are, are discriminating against me or, um, that's the first thing. And we have to continue to build that trust with our guys. Um, now, like I said, UCA is a great place. So there aren't very many issues with that, but there are some just like there are everywhere. And, uh, actually Dr. Teague formed a, a, a social justice advisory committee that uh, he asked me to be a part of and a couple of our players. And I, I heard some of the stories from a couple other student athletes on campus on what they've gone through on campus. And I was, um, I can't say I was totally shocked because like I said, it, that happens everywhere. But the first thing I wanted to do was address our guys and say, if there's anything going on, please don't fear any repercussion. There won't be any negative consequences from you reporting that. And the next thing is we're, we're going to march forward and we're going to show people that, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what shade of, of skin you have, how much melanin is in your, your, your skin. We can all be great people and we can be great ambassadors and great representatives of, of our school, of our, of our town, of our, of our race, of, 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 of our families, of everything. So we're going to do that. We're going to be the best representatives we can be. Uh, we're going to continue in what we've done as far as our our uh, our standards go with our program, and uh, we're going to we're going to show people that we can be all together. And our our African American student athletes are are fully on board. Our our guys that are of mixed um, um, mixed heritage and and our uh, our Caucasian guys. Everybody everybody's on board. Everybody is wanting to to help make the, the climate um, change to be better for, for everyone. So our guys are all on board on that. I know personally for you, Coach, uh, playing at Ole Miss, coaching Jackson State, you had to be very happy to see the Mississippi is taking the Confederate flag out, out of their state flag now. I know it has to make you happy having played in that state and coached in that state. Certainly. Uh, that was uh, that was exciting news. And, and – um, you know that was something that was talked about when I when I played at Ole Miss back. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it, I guess it was quite a while ago now. 
Uh, and when I was coaching at Jackson State, it seemed like every you know every few years somebody would make a push to to try to get the flag changed, and there were just not enough people in the state to support that. But you know, I, I hate that um, what's going on lately that it's taken that for people to to finally take that seriously. But that is one of the positives that has come out of uh, of what's going on is uh, the state of Mississippi and. The leadership there has decided, you know, it's it's past time to to change this uh, this negative symbol that you know that doesn't represent everyone. It only represents a, a small group of people in the state. And I was excited excited about that. I, I was very excited about that. Most definitely, and you know, you've also coached in OVC. I went to Tennessee State, so I know I'm very familiar with Murray State and playing at, H- at going to HBCU school. And you coached at one. Uh, so let's talk about the, that culture and HBCU, HBCU experience, and also how was it to play in Gentry Center when you played Tennessee State down there in Nashville? Well, yeah, it was uh, playing at Tennessee State when I was at Murray State. You know, that was my my first experience of being on a, on an HBCU campus for an athletic event. And, uh, you know, the, um, they were pretty pretty live there. I was, it was exciting. It was always a fun game to go to when we were at Murray State to play there. Um, and then coaching at Jackson State, th- there, were some, there were some great, great people there. And uh, I enjoyed my time at Jackson State as much as I've enjoyed anywhere. And, and you know, that some of the HBCUs have, have limited funds, and, and you know, Jackson State certainly didn't um, – wasn't different as far as that goes, but there were great people, um, great times. I coached there for, for six years with Sylvester Anderson. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make my, uh, make my path in coaching any different. I, I really loved coaching at Jackson state, great fans there. People were very loyal. They were very supportive of the program. And, uh, just like how we feel about our, our uh, program here and our philosophy here, it was the same there. You know, they cared about the complete student-athlete. It wasn't just basketball or just football or, or just whatever sport it was. They were they were interested in us as uh, shaping and molding great young men, and uh, I, I really loved my time there. And, Coach, let's talk about your schedule coming up this year next year. I know that in the Southland Conference you have to play some guarantee games. You have to, you know, raise money for the university. I know it's been tougher this this go around because of the the pandemic and how they're doing contracts and stuff right now with, with you know no fans versus fans in the stands. So, how's it been trying to schedule these games games for, for your team and raise money as well and, and make sure your team has a great experience when you get into Southland and play come January there. Well, it, it's been a little bit more difficult this year. Um, you know, we we're a little bit fortunate in that we had some games already uh, slated before uh, before the future looks so shaky uh, but it is getting more difficult you know the the guarantees are a little bit less now and and uh, you know we our, our conference decided to help all the conference opponents all of our conference opponents out by cutting some of the games from our conference schedule so we're um, they cut out four games and that left us with some open spots and it is a little bit more difficult now trying to fill a couple more, you know, one or two more guaranteed games in there. Um, and then we also have to be conscious of, of saving a little money with travel because of, uh, 
you know, all, all the universities are experiencing some hardships economically um, due to, you know, a lot of students having to leave and, and, you know, get refunds from dorms and meal plans and different things. And, uh, but, but our, our school is doing well in that uh, our enrollment looks like it's going to be just fine and maybe even a little bit higher going into the fall than, than what it's been or what was expected. So um, we've had to work a little bit harder and a little bit longer on the schedule than, than normal, but it, it, it's going to be fine. You know, we still have some pretty good games. Like I said, we, we had some slated already before before the future was shaky. And um, uh, it'll be great. You know, we're going to go play Creighton, and we're going to play Baylor again. We played them a couple times since we've been in UCA and actually got a game with Memphis, which is, is huge for us because they're, they're a great opponent and they're not far from Conway, just a little over two hours away from from town, so um, it, it's going to be good. We're going we're going to give our guys still a great experience, some some great competition to play against to get us ready for the uh, for conference play. And last one I got for you, coaches. Kind of talking about the Southland as a league. You know, I've, I've had a lot of coaches on, on, on from the league on the show, like Coach Troyer and uh, Coach Keller and those guys, and also Coach Les down there as well, and Coach. Uh, Smith and all those guys in the league, man, and Abilene Christian as well. So t- just talk about the league as a whole and how deep the talent base is league and, and how the great coaching in the Southland Conference is. A lot of people don't realize about the conference, how good the quality of ball is down there. Uh, it, it is. Uh, Southland Conference is a, a really, really good league and, and um, it doesn't get enough attention. Uh, you, you mentioned some of the really good coaches here, Coach Keller, Coach Sless down in New Orleans, uh, those guys are incredible. Uh, Sam Houston's been good year in, year out. And Coach Wilson over at uh, Corpus Christi is an, an, an outstanding coach. We, we've got a, a great collection of coaches in this conference and, and a great collection of talent. You know, there, there are guys that we we played against. Uh, you know, Schroyer had uh, Kennedy at, at uh, McNeese, who was you know, as good as anybody, I, I think. Um, some of the some of the players we're looking at recruiting now that that are probably going high major, you know, they look a lot like a lot of the players we play against in the Southland Conference. So it, it's a it's a really good, really competitive league, and, and every year, every year a couple teams from the Southland Conference end up upsetting Power Five teams because it's a great it's a great league, and we've got some great great coaches. Uh, Abilene Christian has has been uh, phenomenal and and you know joe down there does a, a great job and and uh, his players work hard he's got great talent uh, there's really not an easy opponent in our conference you know even even the teams that haven't finished all that great have been competitive year in and year out um so it's a it's a very difficult very difficult league and one i would would uh, encourage a lot of a lot of high schoolers to really look at if, if you get an, any kind of recruiting or any kind of offer from the Southland Conference School, it's a great school and it's a great program, and you're going to have a, a great coach to to play under. Most definitely. Well, Coach Boone, I can thank you for your time today. It's been great to get to catch up with you, and I'll do it again with you real soon. I hope you and your family are staying safe, man. Oh, you too, Jr. Thanks so much. Anytime, Coach. Thank you so much again. All right. That's Anthony Boone on the Boss Man Show. 
Grab a hold of big breakfast flavor at Hardee's. Try two breakfast sliders for just $2.99. Get Applewood smoked bacon or freshly grilled sausage with fluffy eggs and golden melty cheese all on a toasty little bun. Good morning, start at Hardee's. Available now for a limited time at participating restaurants. Tax not included. All right, folks, back in the Boss Man Show. He's back. Host of Essentials AF Podcast. Catch him on Facebook and YouTube. It's my man. It's my brother, J.C. Smith. What's good, my brother? What up? What up, boss? What's going on, bro? Man, no much. But first of the month, bro, we July 4th week weekend. They ain't our week. We had we separate our week, Juneteenth, but it's eight weekend this week. But it's first of the month. Hey, bone thugs, bro. The, half the year is finally gone, man. Long as half a year in, in my lifetime, I, I can remember. I'm telling you, man, this has been the longest, uh, longest year on record, man, as far as the first six months and then everything that's happened in 2020, man. Uh, you just wonder what else is in store, in store for us, man. But I hope, I hope all the work is behind us now, man, but you just never know it this year. Yeah, and you know, cases are rising all over, all over the South and in the West. And kind of what we were talking about to start off our first topic is the, NBA restart because so many guys tested positive with COVID nineteen. Guys are opting out of going to Orlando in the bubble setting, and Florida's cases are rising daily. And the Disney staff will be outside of the bubble coming in every day to to do like food and hospitality. So, bro, do you are you confident about the NBA restart and they'll see it through fruition from the thirty first until October? 12th or 13th of the NBA Finals, Game 7? Man, it's, that's the million-dollar question, right? Like, you know, I know the NBA is confident in the plan they put in place, but, you know, this is a um, a virus like no other that we've had, we've had in this country in a long time, man, as far as infecting, you know, millions and millions of people, man. So, um, you know, at this point, I just think uh, the NBA has got to play it by ear, you know, and just and it's got to try to get lucky because you know you, you know there's going to be some players that are going to test positive even even while they're down there. So you just got to hope that it's not like a widespread thing to where you know a whole, a whole roster, a whole team is wiped out, you know, from testing positive for uh, for corona. So um, and and I can't and I can't blame players uh, who don't want to go down there. You know, I'll be it for. You know, health issues, social issues. You know, I can't, I can't blame, I can't blame the players that want to go down there and play, and I can't blame the players that don't want to play. You know, it's just a, a real touch and go thing, man. But if you, if you were, to, if you tell me, uh, you know, hey, uh, a couple of weeks into it, they got to shut it down again, you know, because of uh, widespread uh, positive testing, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all, boss. Well, you know, it's bad with Marv Abbott ain't going down there. Yeah, seven nine yeah, years man. old. He ain't going down. Huh? I know that's right, man. It's going to be a stunting crew to begin with, you know, uh, 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 players, coaches, and I guess you know, just uh, uh, the bare minimum uh, as far as broadcast teams. Yeah, uh, like I said, I can't I can't blame anybody, man. You definitely want to put your health first. You want to put your family first above anything, man. You know, and then some of these young guys don't have, you know, wives and children, you know, and and go down there and make their money, you know, definitely uh, more power to them, man. But you can't, you can't knock anybody for uh, choosing not to go down there. No, definitely. And if you're the media, bro, I got I got the media email. It's uh, 550 a day for the media. 
Who got that kind of money? Five hundred fifty dollars. Yes, a day. Wow! <laughs> Could that come down your pocket? Your pocket or your employer's pocket? I guess five fifty a day. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> just because I want to inform listeners here, listeners, this is what I'm, I'm gonna read it off to JC here. What what the word is? Okay. Media One Access, right? Here we go. Mm-hmm. This is this is freaking gonna love this. The cost is minimum five fifty a day, right? You get a credential, mm-hmm. hotel room on secure campus, daily COVID testing, three meals a day, transportation between hotel and game practice and venues, in person social distance post game interview room and media seating. Uh interview model by team or communication with league. Um it's a self quarantine for seven days once you get there. You can, you can leave to go buy groceries, maybe, with approval. If you don't go by the rules, you'll be expelled and you'll be charged your four five fifty fee a day. Wow. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know about that one, man. You going, you going down there? <laughs> uh, uh, I have a house there. I can't stay at my own house there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I can't stay at my own house in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I know, right? So, yeah. yeah. That's like, what the media's up against down there. there. <laughs> 550 a day, bro. 5.50 a day. But it seems they got like a day pass option, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like twenty seven ninety nine for for credential or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. And Smith the NFL, they've cut down preseason games to two games, bro, but you know, the NFL's a little the same in Vegas. Um guys are gonna be hitting each other, coughing, sneezing, spitting on each other, and tackling each other. How do you avoid the community spread in locker rooms, bro? How do you avoid it? You, can. Sure. you know, you know yeah. somebody gets on spread, spread like wildfires. Me, me being locker rooms for the NFL, they they have pretty much like little lockers, like high school lockers almost. That's pretty much what they boil down to. An open space high school locker is what they boil down to in locker rooms mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And how do you be able to play? And once again, with the spread happening all over these states, how are you going to be playing play play games in certain states when the it's out of control? So right. the NFL really hasn't put out like real guidelines about how they're going to go about doing this, right? They kind of they kind of got the benefit of of the calendar, but it's July now. Training camp supposed to start on July twenty eighth, and we haven't heard anything about how games and practices are going to go for the NFL. So. What are your thoughts on the NFL restart? Is, is it similar to the NBA? And I just don't see how the NFL can work either. And they think about having people sign a waiver, bro, to come to the games. Right, they right. don't pull a pull a yeah. forty five. So not waiver that's pretty much go to CZ football. I ain't doing that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just about to mention there about the fact about the waivers. Uh, they're asking fans to sign now to attend NFL games. And like, I mean, you gotta be the the dumbest uh, fan in the world. I mean, why Why would you even want to go to a game in general, you know what I'm saying, uh, coronavirus or not, you know, with these ticket prices and 
you know, uh, really the inconvenience of uh, trying to go to an NFL game when you can just watch it at home in front of your big screen for free. Um, you know, but that's another uh, story. But as far as that, that goes, man, like you go put your life, your, you know, your life in jeopardy and danger just to see, you know, just to see your favorite player, see your favorite team. You know, um, like I said, I, I don't understand it, man. And um, but there's gonna be there's gonna be some fools that will sign that waiver and um, give over their rights to their favorite team, you know, just to go watch uh, go go watch them play, man. You know, it's, it's America, a bunch of stupid people here. But I will not be. I, I'm dumb in some areas. I will not be dumb in that area. So. Uh, yeah, the NFL, they could, they could miss me with that, man. I wish I would sign a wave to go watch that. Go watch that play, man. Come on now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a, 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 a person I will not mention who hustles Cowboy fans. <laughs> it's hurting right now. Oh, shot fired. I, you know I should have thought about that also, man. Like, I know somebody who likes the Dallas Cowboys and hustling yeah. off the name Dallas Cowboys is probably yeah. like, oh, Sometimes I'm waiting right. to go get one of my packages. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's definitely been a knock on her business uh, with everything going on, man. Uh, she's, not making that, she's not making the dough like, like she normally would be right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, just, yeah. I know I'm yeah. dirty for that, but I don't yeah. care. I'm who I am. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's speaking of your boy Dak, he signed uh, his franchise tender, so he's guaranteed supposedly thirty one point four million if they if they play this year. And um, yeah. next year, maybe some bet on himself again next year. So this is my question, bro. And what what does the Jones offer him to get him a trade in his second year the franchise tag to get him to sign a long term deal? Because obviously Dak's playing hardball. He's playing the Kirk Cousins game with them right now, and he's took he's signed a tender. They can't take it take it away from him now before July fifteenth. So now, what's Jerry and Stevens' next move? Now he's playing hardball with them with them guys. He, they ain't, he ain't doing the Tyron Smith, Dez Bryant, Jason Witten, Tony Romo, the friend, the team friendly deals that they, they love to sign people to. Sean Lee as well. So what are they gonna do? The Dak's not going for their game. Yeah, you know. Uh... I think we are looking at Kirk Cousins 2.0 here, this situation. Uh, with with Dak, you know, unless there's, like, you know, a last-minute long, you know, long-term deal signing before uh, the deadline there for the 15th, I think Dak's going to play out the year, you know, on the uh, franchise tender, and then we're going to be right in the same situation again next year, you know? And and it's, it's going to be in Dak's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be to his advantage if, if he does do another franchise uh Deal because he can hit the open market, you know, after that second uh, franchise uh, uh, year deal and a uh, franchise tag deal, and you know he can command wherever he wants after that, man. So Dak is in the driver's seat. Yeah, Dak has all the leverage to me uh, in this situation, man. Because if you're the Cowboys and let's say Dak performs like let's say he performs like he did last year, you know, putting up big time numbers and the results in actual wins and, and playoff appearances, you know, in, in this year and the following year to come, like, you, they, everybody was trying to say, you know, they want to avoid paying them the 35. Now you got to think about, you got to pay them $40 because once Mahomes' deal, once uh, Patrick Mahomes' deal get done, we're probably within the next year, 
And and if, if Dak is still on the franchise tag, man, he's going to command. He's going to want Patrick Mahomes' money. Mm-hmm. You know, fair or not fair, he, he's not the same caliber uh, quarterback. But because Mahomes is going to set the market, because um, Deshaun Watson, you know, is going to set the market because Lamar Jackson is going to set the market. So you're going to be looking at paying Dak if you're going to keep him as a cowboy on a long-term deal. You're going to be looking at paying him about maybe thirty-eight, forty million dollars a year, man. It's all because the market. It's going to dictate that once Mahomes and those other guys, you know, raise the bar and, and set the new uh, the new market price for quarterbacks. And Cam Newton, speaking of that, he signed for mm-hmm. the veterans minimum with the Patriots to compete with Jared Stedham and Brian Hoyer to be a starter in New England. Let's just be real about it. He'll be a starting quarterback come week one, most likely. It's Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see mm-hmm. the marriage of Cam Newton and Bill Belichick and do you think the Jaguars would be angry that they, they chose Gardner Minshew over Cam Newton? But would he even go there? But I guess playing for Bill Belichick appealed to him because maybe rehabilitate himself for one year, right? You know, and go off and get a big deal elsewhere. Maybe that's the game, game playing. Cam Newton's playing there with the Patriots. He'll take take this little money and then get on the roster now. I, I, can, I can be a starter here easily with Over Stidham and Hoyer. Show what I can do. Get me out in the market in 2021 when things get back to normal, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if everything wasn't going on with Corona, you know, Cam would have had, you know, a handful of teams that he could have gone to. But being the fact that, you know, Cam's coming off the injury and teams couldn't really, you know, get him in for a workout to, you know, and, and really, you know, give him a physical and see exactly where he's at, you know, as far as, uh, you know, a physical level there. But, uh I think I think it's gonna work out in Cam's favor when it's all said and done, man. Um, to go to the Patriots on a veterans minimum deal, you know, of course he's gonna be a, a starter over Jared Stidham. There was no way in hell that Belichick was gonna go into the season with Jared, with Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback. So, and also you gotta think about it like nobody in that division really is used to playing Cam, you know. Uh, so, so that's another benefit I think another advantage that Cam has. He's going to a new division where they don't really have much, you know, film study and, and you know, uh, as far as all that goes on him, man, because, you know, he's going to be coming in and nobody's really played against him as far as, you know, like a, a twice a year, like he normally would play against uh, NFC South uh, opponents, man. So he's going to be able to take advantage of that as well. And, um, you know, New England still has some pieces that can, you know, compliment him. And uh, I, think Cam, I think Cam can do well, man. I really do. I really think he's going to be able to flourish up there in New England, man. And it's just, you know, my thing is if if they if Cam doesn't get off to a great start, we know how Boston is as far as the fans there. You know, will they will they turn on him? Will they are they going to give him a a fair shot to you know to really win win them over and uh, have success up there? Because you know I could see that also going the other way if they get off to a slow start and then. You know the boo birds are coming, and you know Cam's already a very sensitive guy, man. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be. I think one of the most compelling, other than Tom Brady, uh, in Tampa, this Cam situation is gonna be one of the other, you know, more compelling uh, storylines in the NFL coming up this year. If if we even have an NFL this year, exactly. So now we have Cam signed. Now we gotta go back to the man, Colin Kaepernick. Um. Somebody in the NFL is trying to kick the can on this Kaepernick. They're hoping it just dies out. 
hoping it goes away because they say they're trying to talk to their friends and associates of Colin Kaepernick about whether he wants to play or not. How about ask the man's agents or him himself? What you mean, ask his friends and associates? And Kaepernick's people like, who are, who are these people you're talking to? Like, so they're trying to justify not signing him again. That, that, that's a bridge too far for them to actually bring him back to the NFL. They can't go that far. Right. Like, you thought they're just right, playing right. a game, hopefully that they run, 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 run the clock out, hopefully, hey, you know, it's, the story goes away again. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not sure of the details, you know, in that lawsuit that Cam had against the NFL. I'm not sure of the details as far as the money and everything that was paid to him, you know, um, you know, Cam could be in a situation, you know, I mean, I said Cam, I'm sorry, Colin. Um, you know, he could be in a situation where, you know, uh, they may have paid him, you know, so much money and it could be a clause in there that he doesn't come back to the league. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it could be a number of things, man. And I'm not even sure if Colin even wants to come back at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that first year or two, yeah. But now, man, like, I think Colin, Colin can do so much good you know, outside of football, you know, he's, he's already been looked at. He's already being looked at as a, uh, as a hero, you know, as, as a uh, Muhammad Ali type figure, you know, cause at first, you know, everybody was, you know, it was kind of split on, on Colin, you know, but now, you know, he was on the right side of history. We knew he was on the right, right side of history all along, but you know, the other, the other, the masses now are seeing that he's, he's on the right side of history. He was right. They were wrong. And, you know, I think he could do so much, you know, so much good outside of football where he doesn't have to play. You know, his impact has already been felt and it's going to be felt for generations to come. You know, and he's going to be an example of a guy that sacrificed everything for the greater good, for the greater cause, man. So, uh, you know, would I love to, would I like to see him play in the NFL again? Yeah, sure. But if he doesn't play in the league again, man, like I said, I think his impact has already been made, man. And uh, he's going to have even, even greater things uh, to accomplish to do outside football in the years to come. And a story close right there down there in Memphis. Mississippi is bordered by Memphis, South Haven right down the road from you, and there's Hernando and all those different counties down there. Right down there, right there by the city of Memphis. The Mississippi State flag is, was, was removed after Colin Hill, Mississippi State, said, I'm not going to be playing on this flag anymore. And then other players say, I'm going to transfer from Ole Miss, and, and then all the coaches converged on Jackson and the state capital in Mississippi, and got that done and now the flag of yesterday the governor signed the, the flag would come down and down from Mississippi so what are your thoughts on Mississippi finally letting go the confederate flag out of their state flag and had the power that young black athletes had in that state to say I ain't playing no more I'm transferring out of your state got them to move the, see players yeah. have power they, they put that use the power yeah. absolutely man uh, funny how fast how fast that happened. You know, this is something that has been debated and uh, talked about for years and years, you know, as far as the state legislature in Mississippi. And they even uh, voted on it about 20 years ago, you know, in regards to should they take the flag down or uh, remodel the flag. So, you know, that's how that's how fast change can come. You know, that's how much power that we have, you know, as far as the people, as far as the young athletes that go to these schools. They can, you know, demand change and these schools have no other you know choice but to you know oblige to whatever the, re- the requests are because we make up a majority you know a great majority of the, of the team anyway there is no team you know without us basically so 
uh, kudos to uh, Kylan Hill. You know, uh, I think another guy's going to go down. Maybe not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, as far as the national appeal, like Colin Kaepernick. But, you know, he, he's, you know, going to be looked at as like a, like a Colin Kaepernick type figure in Mississippi, you know, for, for years to come. And regardless of whatever, you know, uh, happens with his, his career going forward. But, yeah, man, like I said, you know, it should have been done uh, years ago. You know, but uh, I guess no time like the present, you know, uh, and, and just say, you know, if you're a Mississippian, man, you know, a good, a good hearted, you know, good, you know, good person that's from Mississippi, like, you should be ashamed anyway to be the only, only state in the uh, United States, man, to have, you know, uh, a Confederate emblem at this point, you know, on your flag. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, it's been a long time coming, man, but. Yeah, Mississippi, that, that should have happened ages ago. And last story you got, bro, is this. The Atlanta Hawks have, have made their deal with the Georgia Election Commission to make the arena the biggest voting site in Fulton County. They'll be turning the arena to a voting site, and now others like Milwaukee, Houston, and other teams are trying to look at getting their arenas to be voting sites as well. So what are your thoughts on the NBA teams taking the initiative to become to help – Voter suppression be stopped by making the arena a voting polling place on election days for the primaries coming up in August and November as well for the the big the big election. Man, I'm with it, man. As long as you know uh, social distancing guidelines are in place and everybody's being safe, you know, I'm all for it, man. Uh, I know LeBron has, has uh, started his big uh, you know voting initiative, man. So. I'm here for it, man. Uh, kudos to the NBA. Uh, you know, it seems like the NBA is always, you know, ahead of, the, ahead of the curve, man, ahead of the game when it comes to these type of things, man. So I'm all for it. So, bro, before you go, man, tell the people that you got coming up on the Essentials AF podcast this week, my brother. Oh, man. Coming up on the show uh, this week, man, you know, we're going to still talk about everything going on in the world, man, from crazy-ass Trump to – Corona, you know, everything, man. And then, you know, Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and August Cena, they gave us an unexpected, uh, uh, juicy, uh, tidbit of storylines that we can, uh, we can, uh, we can play with on the show, man. We're going to talk about that. Also, uh, talk about Dr. Dre and his wife, man. You know, he got split that, he got split that bag with her, uh, with his divorce coming up. So we're going to talk about that as well, man. You know, because I don't think I don't think she was with him shooting in the gym, or she may have been. I don't know. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that, man. Coming up on the Central AF Podcast Show, man, this Sunday. No doubt, well, folks, that's my man J.C. Smith, J.C. Sports Support, bro. Stay safe, man. I'll talk to you next week, my brother. I hope to see you soon, man. I know that the the world's changing. I hope to see you soon. Hope hope I have reason to come to Memphis some sometime in the future, my brother. Hope I can come there sometime in the future. <laughs> man, I hear you, boss. Now, you stay safe too, bro. All right, bro. Hug it down, man. All right, now. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. I was been the Boss Man Show. Time for our visit for our man, J.C. Smith, host of the Essentialist AF Podcast over there in Memphis, Tennessee. My man, J.C. What's up, bro? Boss, what's happening, my guy? What's going on with you? 
Man, no much, bro. Enjoying a nice day here, man. Enjoying life in the quarantine zone, staying safe. You know, I got the asthma thing, my brother. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, COVID nineteen gonna be uh, a part of our lives for uh, you know the time being, man. So, uh, yeah, definitely, man. Glad you're staying safe. You know, trying to do the same thing up here, man. They, they about to shut down the. Uh, the clubs and the bars again, man, starting at uh, midnight tonight. All the clubs will get shut down again. Yeah, bro. I thought in Atlanta, man. Like, look, bro, we have a concert in Atlanta on the 14th with Pastor Troy, Lil Scrappy, Raheem the Dream, and Bo Hagen. I'm like, hold on. We having a concert inside of a club in the of a pandemic. Okay. Hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They, they made sure to shut it down here, man. Uh, so, you know, all, everybody in the Mid-South got to midnight tonight to get their drink on, man. <laughs> Bruh, before we get to the topics, uh, this time we in Atlanta, they had a, and at the compound, all right, they had a, they put a pool inside of the compound, had a indoor pool party. I'm like, that was a COVID picture this right there, brother. Really? An indoor <laughs> pool party at the compound Crazy. on Saturday night. That's that foolishness right there, man. No doubt. You know what's foolish, though, bro? Pat Mahomes. I feel like, bro, mm. the contract is terrible. Lee Steinberg's want to say I had a dude to sign up for a half a bill. But, bro, think about this. He had $27.2 million guaranteed this year and next year, right? Then you go, you mm. trade in for a one-year guarantee of $36 million. Then you got nine one-year option of $45 million when you're Patrick Mahomes? Well, so the Chiefs control your destiny every March for $45 million or not? Now, mind you, he'll probably get most of that money, but come on, man. you, you Where's your freedom at? Where, where's your job set the market at? Like, what was he doing? Man, I mean, when somebody throws numbers like $400 million, $450 million, or $503 million, you know, as a total of the deal, you know, that's all you need to hear sometimes, man. But, uh, yeah, and, and with anybody's contract in the NFL, you know, the total money is not, uh, of course, not the guaranteed money that they're going to end up, you know, walking home or going home with. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think it's a terrible contract, you know, because, um, I mean, he is, you know, he's the man. You know, he's, he's what, uh, 19, 25 years old, yeah, already a Super Bowl champion. And his, his number two, the first three years are, you know, blowing everybody else away, you know, in NFL history, man, at the quarterback position. And, you know, I mean, he was going to command, you know, top dollar anyway, so why not go ahead and get a deal like that done now? Um, now, what, now, what's going to be interesting, though, boss, is how, how does his deal uh, dictate what happens with that, what happens with uh, Deshaun Watson? Uh, in the future, man, I think it, I think it hurts and it helps that uh, to the degree that it hurts maybe because as far as the years that that they just signed Patrick to sign that ten year deal, now the Cowboys who like signing players to team friendly five year deals that we all know they can go to Dak and be like, look, hey Patrick, the best quarterback in the league in the world, number one player in the league, just signed a ten year deal, and you're haggling with us over a five year deal. You know what I'm saying, like. I think that's going to hurt Dak in the long run. You know, Dak is, is steadfast on one, just a four-year deal. Now, but Dak can also go back to them and be like, look, 
if Patrick is getting what forty five mil, you know what I'm saying, once that uh contract takes effect a year, you know, Dak can say, Hey, you know, I know we were talking thirty five, but you know, can I get forty? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, can I get forty million a year now? Uh and, and with the T V money and everything that that they're hoping uh that's gonna come in in the future is gonna, you know, raise the salary cap up and raise the value of these teams up, you know, Dak I think Dak is not crazy, you know, if he goes back and say, Okay, I'll do five, but I want forty million a year. And I think that's what's gonna end up happening. Well, Deshaun Watson said he said he wants a three-year deal. He said he's not. He wants to get to the market again. Lamar Jackson wants to get to the market again, and also you got uh So you got those two young guys next to Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Said they want to do short deals. They don't want to be like a Mahomes because throughout league circles they're saying like, "What was he? He thinking? Because he had the leverage here. Like right. he had like he didn't have any leverage. Right. Like nine one-year options because three is a guarantee. Look, bro." Ryan but, Tannehill of the Titans has more guaranteed money in his contract than Mahomes do. Man, Tannehill has that, more guaranteed man. money than Mahomes. Yeah. I didn't know that. You break, you break it's a four-year deal. That one, man. Yeah. See, Mahomes' money yeah. isn't really guaranteed. He's guaranteed three years. 20, 21, mm-hmm. 22. But the net becomes nine one-year options with the Chiefs at $45 million because in every March, you got to decide whether to keep them or not in March. Mm. So it's like that trigger date. So it's really three years and $63 million, but then the rest of it is nine one-year options with wow. incentives each year of $2.5 million, which makes it five hundred five hundred three yeah. million. So it's and, and, a lot of that yeah. money is funny money, not even real money. Mm-hmm. So in real money, mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill getting more than Mahomes and us over a four-year deal. Man, when you break it down like that, yeah. Um, but like I said, barring, in, barring any type of serious injury, even though he had the kneecap issue that, you know, thank God was nothing serious at all, um, barring any serious injury in the future, you know, I, I, I can see Mahomes, you know, maybe what, collecting 200, you know, 200 mil guaranteed out of that, out of that, uh, that contract that they're, they're going to give him, man. Maybe about 200. 250 million, you know, when it's all said and done, man, which is still, you know, hands down, going to make him the highest oh, yeah. NFL player by far. Most definitely. And sitting in the NFL, bro, the Redskins are probably going to change their name again. Um, change their name because uh, Dan Snyder is getting heat from FedEx, Fred Smith right there in Memphis, other minority owners, the NFL, the Indian tribes are saying we want this name changed. Ron Rivera is saying it, so the Nike took t- t- their stuff off the website. So, hey, the Washington franchise is going to have to change their name, bro. And Dan Snyder, who said, hey, I would never change his name, now has mm-hmm. changed the name of his team now. And the mayor of D.C. said, if you want to build a stadium in RFK Stadium, you got to change, change the name as well. Mm. Yeah, man, I, I see it's been, it's been a big momentum push, uh, you know, as far as the name change to uh, change it to the uh, the Washington Red Tails in honor of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, which I think is a, you know, slam dunk. You know, you pretty much can keep the same color scheme and instead of skins, you know, it's just red tails. So, you know what I'm saying, the same number of leathers. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be an easy transition, you know. I, I really do, man. And and even though red tails would signify, you know, Tuskegee Airmen, you know, I, I, when I think red tails also, as far as Indian, you know, folklore, I'm thinking like, you know, the feathers. You know what I'm saying? It being like, uh, like tails also. So, you know, I think that's, I think that'd be an obvious name change to me. 
you know, just go red pills, oh, man. I think you you pretty much you, you make everybody happy. You make the Native Americans happy, and you also make the African Americans happy, man. By honoring uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, that's a that's a win win to me, man. Uh, I don't think there's any other name that you can really go with other than that. I don't want to see Washington Warriors because you still basically you know still saying Redskins, you know by saying mm-hmm. Warriors. So uh, you know, yeah, just go Red Tails and you know make everybody happy, man. No doubt. And, bro, COVID-19 is hitting the Nets hard. <laughs> they have eight guys out with COVID-19 heading to Orlando to the bubble, bro. And, like, the Nets may not even make the playoffs now. And the Wizards may sneak on in there. But Bill not playing. So, right. if the Nets team has been wiped out with eight guys with COVID-19, bro, this is practicing in Brooklyn. How are they going to fare when they get to Orlando in that bubble and right. get around the Disney right. staff? And other guys, and, man, it's going to be rough in that bubble, man, real soon. Because if, if eight guys on one roster is out with COVID-19, and they've been around these guys somewhat, some kind of way, think they ain't got it, bring it into, into the bubble now? Hey, man, um, hey, Brooklyn, they called me. Um, they called me. <laughs> if, I them, if I could give them, like, 10 minutes, man, uh, down in Orlando, man, like, they – they need some help, bro. Everybody's dropping out. Everybody's catching a, a case of Corona down there, man. So, um, you know, it's tough, you know. Um, you know, they got a couple of replacement guys. A couple of guys with Memphis uh, ties, man. You got Chris Chioza, uh Went to uh, high school here. Uh, he's playing on, on that uh, team that's going to Orlando. They picked up Jeremiah Martin, former University of Memphis Tiger. He's going to be on that squad as well, man. So, a couple of guys with Memphis ties on the team. Uh, like I said, it's tough, man. And, you know, if you're a team like Brooklyn, you're a team like the Wizards, uh, you know, if you're, on the, if you're uh, one of those players, you really have to, you know, reconsider your options because you're not going to win a championship. Dance. And if you do make the playoffs, you're not going to, you know, go far anyway. You know, like, so what's the, what's the point? You know, and I, 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 would, I don't think I would go, honestly. Um, if I'm a young guy, no, no family, you know what I'm saying, nothing to lose. You know, in that in that respect, okay, all right, I'll go down there. It's a hell of a good experience. But if I'm a veteran, have a family, and I know my team is really, doesn't really have a chance, I'm not going down there for a few weeks, a month. You know what I'm saying? Away from my family, or you know, risk catching it and then bringing it back to my family. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I would go if I was a veteran, man. And also, uh, Rudy Gobert, the first guy that came out where they're going to put the social justice messages on the jerseys now. Rudy, Rudy Gobert, the first guy that came out with what he's going to put on his jersey. Uh, what are your thoughts on the options that they gave him? But I thought like they, they could have they done more, like defund the police, stuff like that. But they wouldn't have put, them, put them on the jersey or put their names on the jerseys. So what are your thoughts on the NBA letting them actually put names on the back of the jerseys for his social justice messages? But I feel like, once again, they give them crumbs. Like, that's just throwing us right. crumbs right now. Let's do some real substantive change. Substantive change. Like, come on. You're throwing crumbs right now. Throwing money is a write-off. Oh, we let's do this on the court. Yeah. Let's make real change. You have to, I need your voice and your vote. Not throwing money or throwing crumbs at me. Exactly. Um, what, what did, what did Rudy, uh, what, what's Rudy going to put on his jersey? Let me pull it up here real fast. Here we live on the radio, people. Pull it real fast. Rudy <laughs> Gobert. Let's see. Rudy Gobert. Here we go. Rudy Gobert. Equality is his. Okay. Uh, okay. McCollum. Yeah. Education reform. 
Bay's more education reform. Matthias Taibo vote. Um, uh, Ibaka Zubox enough. Mo Wagner vote. Those are the ones that leaked out so far. Mm. And so, and so these phrases they were hand picked, hand selected by the NBA. The players weren't able to make up their own. Yeah, these are the ones the NBA approved. Oh, uh, okay, got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think that's the, that's the NBA's way of saying, hey, you know, you know, we give you guys freedom. But, hey, at, at the end of the day, we have control, you know, total control of what you're going to display on uh, on your jersey there. And, and, and give NBA credit, you know, for tr- at least trying. But like you said, yeah, there is a half-hearted effort, you know, if you're not going to allow players to fully – you know, fully express themselves. Now, I can see, you know, you don't want anything as far as cursing or, you know, anything, uh, you know, that's, that's not in good taste, you know. But, you know, at the same time, you need to allow the players to fully, you know, have that freedom to express themselves without having some type of control or or oversee of, of what uh, what is displayed there. But at the same time, you know, I can see the NBA, you being a business, a company, a franchise, you know, you don't want the players to run wild as far as their message. But, it is a, a tough line to toe, you know. Uh, it really is, man. But uh, you know, you know, damn well the NFL would never go for that. So at least no. the NBA, I, I give them a little credit for you know for allowing the players to have some type of uh, freedom of expression there. Somebody should put on the jersey. He hate me because they do hate us. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. He was before his time, wasn't exactly. he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Smart. Rod Smart. <laughs> Rod Smart, yeah. <laughs> hey, hell, he's a genius, yeah. man. <laughs> Most definitely. Hey, bro, before you go, tell people about Central's AF Podcast this week. What you got going to come up this week? Please check you out on YouTube and Facebook Live, though. Off the show, man. Yeah, Central AF Podcast each and every Sunday, man. We broadcast live at 6, streaming live on Facebook and YouTube and all that good stuff. Oh, man, we got... We, we had a great show this past week, uh, our highest-rated show, highest-viewed show uh, to date. Uh, so this next show, man, you know, we got a lot of things to talk about, man. We may talk about Terry Crews. We may talk about Please Kanye do. again, man. You just, you just never know, man. You know, just make sure you check it out, man. Central AF Podcast. No doubt. my man, J.C. Smith. Bruh, stay safe. Get your one last drink in the Mid-South, brother. And be safe. Hope to see you soon, bro. <laughs> All right, my guy. No doubt. Has J.C. Smith on the Boss Man Show. My heart skips skipping the beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music. Girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody 
Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.